Season 2, Episode 130A, Isaiah and the Gospel of the Grace of God, parenthetically quoted by Jesus in Season 2, Episode 130, which was the last episode I did right before 130A. All right, uh, on Monday, the day after uh, the Passion Week, this was quoted by Jesus in part, and I just thought it would be good to, to go over it. Isaiah 53 myself as much for you. Uh, on the Passion Week, on Monday of the Passion Week of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Isaiah 53, 1 through 12, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students of the Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield, Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909, which includes, uh, by C.I. Schofield's choice, this, the uh, King James Bible, uh, copyright 1611. Also, Rick Meyer's eSword free Bible study app for PCs. I use it on my personal computer. I also have one on my phone. Uh, eSword, highly recommend it. BibleHub.com is my commentary of choice online. And also, BibleProject.com. When I'm, when I'm in a book like this chapter 53 of Isaiah, I like to uh, take a look at the book of Isaiah and what uh, what I learned from watching the 10 minute video on bi the bibleproject.com it's one of those drawings where you got the invisible hand kind of thing but anyway it's a very great way to learn and I've I found an error one time but and I contacted them and they, they responded and uh, I don't know if they changed they've got a lot of videos out there I never went back to uh, there's so many videos on Isaiah it would be hard to or um, Ezekiel, I think. It was about the fact that Daniel didn't live at the same time, and he did. Daniel was not dead when Ezekiel uh, became 30 on the, on the coast of uh, the Euphrates. All right, um, and saw the vision of the, the chariot coming. Moving right along. And BibleProject.com videos introducing each book of the Bible. So if you're teaching a book of the Bible, I would definitely, I would show it every time I did a PowerPoint on each chapter just because repetition is theological mucilage. It makes stuff stick. That's why I say these verses over and over again. Uh, anyway, also I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I use two maps. One, They're both from Bible History Online. Three words, Bible History Online. You can find New Testament Israel. And I like to use a map that got the roads and the rivers and the, the names of all the different places. Even got uh, Herod Antipas where he ruled at in red. His brother Philip north of the Sea of Galilee. And the other one is the ancient Greek regions uh, a Bible history online and it's a topographical map, the kind I grew up with in the military. And it goes way up north to uh, uh, Mount Hermon, where that's as far north as Jesus got. For the Mount of Transfiguration, seven days' journey north of the Sea of Galilee. Moving right along. Okay, we're in part 11 of A.T. Robertson's 14 parts. Uh, last public ministry in Jerusalem, and uh, the next episode, next one that we do, is going to be on Tuesday. He's walking again from Bethany back. To, he always spends a night in Bethany, probably for his own safety. 
and uh, he, they're going to pass by the fig tree and it's going to be all shriveled up. And Peter's going to make note of that. Again, I think it's a commentary on Israel. But last public ministry in Jerusalem, in the shadows with Jesus, because he's got to hide because Herod Antipas, for one, and Caiaphas want to kill him. Uh, rest, trial, and crucifixion. That's less than 24 hours. That's episode 13. I mean, part 13, episode, 16 episodes on that less than 24 hours. That's a lot of... I don't think anything is covered like that. Uh, definitely in the life of Christ. I, I don't think anything's covered like that in the Bible. But anyway, um, that's one day. Arrest, trial, crucifixion, and burial. 16 episodes. That's well covered. Uh, verse 14, uh, Part 14, resurrection, appearance, and ascension of Jesus Christ. That's so important because if he had not risen from the dead, we are all men most miserable, Paul said. We have nothing to believe in if he did not rise from the dead as he said he would. All right. Uh, I'm going to be able to put these into uh, the the episode notes so you could read along with me. I normally don't have room for anything extra, but this time I do. So Revelation 6, 9, and 10. Who, what, where, when, and why of Christ in heaven. Uh, I think on earth it's the end of the tribulation uh, and the 144,000 who have all been slaughtered by the Antichrist. And again, all believers would be killed. No one would be alive to live under the millennium millennium if Christ didn't come back early. Anyway, verse 9 of Revelation chapter 6, and when he, Jesus Christ, had opened the fifth seal, he was the only one found worthy to open the seal, I, John, saw under the, under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God, 144,000, and for their testimony, 144,000, and they held, 144,000, and they cried with a loud voice, 144,000. And this, this identifies them as the 144,000. What did they say? How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? The, the goats, if you will, of the sheep and the goats. They turned them in, and Christ killed them. When are you going to... They were young men. They had their whole lives before them. They, they were virgins. They'd never been with a woman, and they were all slaughtered. And they're not happy in heaven before God. And what happened during the tribulation is, is probably unspeakable. Just the, the, the plagues enough were worse than ever been seen and ever will be seen. Uh, Daniel chapter 7 is on earth. It's Daniel's vision of Christ coming to earth. The answer to their prayer in Revelation 6, 9, and 10. And the answer to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Here it's coming. Daniel's seeing it come on the earth as as he went up into... As he went up, so he's going to come back. They're going to, we're going to finish his life of Christ with his ascension into heaven. And this is the fulfillment of the, the angels said, you're going to see him return in like manner through our atmosphere. I, Daniel, Daniel 7.13, if you find it in the notes, you could follow along. I saw, I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, and behold. So this is a vision that Daniel had 600 years before Christ died. Five to 600 years before Christ died. 
one like the Son of Man, that would be Jesus Christ, came with the clouds of heaven. There are three heavens. There's the atmosphere, there's the heaven where the stars and sun, moon, and stars are. We like to call it the universe. And there is the third heaven where God lives, where Paul says he was caught up in the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, he doesn't know. Anyway, this is in the third heaven. And, well, this is, no, this is in the sec, this is in the first heaven. One like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven. There's clouds in our atmosphere. That's a little hint. But also the fact that the angel said you're going to see him come back the way he went up through our atmosphere back then in Acts chapter 2. And the Ancient of Days, that would be Jehovah, and they brought him near before him. Okay, they are the dead in Christ. Because at the rapture, the dead in Christ rose, they got their new bodies, they've been in heaven for the marriage feast of the Lamb and the opening of the seals, and I think the last three and a half years of the tribulation, which tribulation is cut short, with him, his return. And they brought him, Jesus Christ, near before him, God the Father, who's on the, on the, on the earth in his throne waiting for his son to return or greeting his son when he does return. Galatians 3, 7. This is just a very powerful verse. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the believers, they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, were born again, were descendants of Abraham, were descendants of Christ, if you will. I think that's backed up in what Isaiah says. And again, we're going to read Isaiah after we read this verse in Zechariah. Uh, Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. And just remember that Isaiah is Isaiah is speaking for God to Israel. All right, but Zechariah 9, 9, this describes yesterday. This is the Monday after of the Passion Week. That follows the first day of the week, Sunday, which was also known as Palm Sunday. And this describes Palm Sunday pretty accurately. Let's read it together. Zechariah 9, 9. Again, written uh, approximately 500 years before Christ. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. That would be Israel. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Caiaphas asked them to be quiet, but Jesus said the, the stones would cry out on Palm Sunday. Behold, thy king, Jesus, cometh unto thee. He is just, having salvation. He is humble, lowly, riding upon a donkey. You recognize him. He's riding upon a donkey, a young donkey, upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. If that's not the triumphal entry, I don't know what is. Palm Sunday. All right. Let's take a look at Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. They're in your notes if you want to follow along. Who hath believed our report? Those that have believed. I'm one of them. Peter was one of them. There's a bunch of them. All the, the apostles except for Judas believed on him. Why he didn't? I don't know. I don't know why anybody doesn't. It's, it's a shame. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Believers. For he shall grow up before him. I think Jesus will grow up before God. 
father as a tender plant and as a root again Isaiah is talking for God to Israel to and to us for that matter for he hath grown up before him as a tender plant as a root out of the dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness I don't think he was you know a rock star he was not Brad Pitt whatever and when we shall see, he had the beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit trust me he was being in his presence was something special and when he shall see him there is no beauty that you should desire him especially after they got through with him on the day of his crucifixion which is uh, this is Monday that's going to be Friday he is despised and rejected of men I think he was pretty hard to look at when he got beat a man of sorrows I think it hurt acquainted with grief I think what really hurt was Judas uh, not believing and others not believing he died for them he paid it's, He paid for their sin for nothing in vain he died for them it, because you got to believe it doesn't count Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness that's Genesis fifteen six. You go all the way to um, Romans four five. But to him that worketh not, Abraham in the context, but him that worketh not, but believeth on him to justify the ungodly, Jesus Christ, my favorite name for Jesus Christ, he that justifies the ungodly. That person's faith is counted for righteousness, counted again in the Greek. Counted Genesis fifteen six in the Hebrew. All right, verse four. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and we did esteem him stricken, beaten, possibly beyond recognition, smitten of God and afflicted. And he was wounded for our transgressions, not for his own. He had none. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. He knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But he was wounded, Christ was wounded for ours, yours and mine, and for the sins of the whole world. It's ironic, it's, it's a shame that people don't trust in him when their sins are already paid for, but they get paid for themselves. Eternal separation from God, that alone is, is a loser. I don't know what eternal separation of God is hell's like. I will never be separated from God. I will be with him when he judges the, at the great white throne for punishment in hell. Uh, and the one I'm not looking forward to that because people are going to say, why didn't you tell me? And there's going to be some people that I didn't tell. I sat next to on an airplane or whatever. I, I missed an opportunity. It's like walking by somebody's house that's on fire and you don't go up and ring the doorbell. That's, that's how I believe it is. And he was bruised for our iniquities, bruised a little bit of an understatement. The chastisement of our peace. Again, that's what we get by faith in Christ is peace with God. The chastisement of our peace with God was upon him. And with his stripes, another understatement, we are healed. If you saw somebody scourged, it it would go way beyond stripes. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. To me, this is like John 3.16 in the Old Testament. All we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, if you put your phone in your left hand, well, first of all, put your right hand up in your left hand and put your phone between your two hands. Your left hand is you, your right hand is God. Your, God, your sins separate you from God. They've got to be paid for, either by you or by Jesus. Now, put your left hand with your, your palm up and put your phone on your right hand, on your left hand. And your right hand is going to be reverently represent Jesus Christ. So take your right hand and take the sin off of you and put it on Jesus and both palms up, your right hand, Jesus, holding your, metaphorically Jesus, holding your sin. And you've been made the righteousness of God. For God has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. We are perfect in God's eyes because of what Christ did. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of of us all, the sin of us all. I, that's an illustration that, that, that caught my attention, uh, but I didn't believe when I saw that, but I didn't have a lot of verses to go with it. Here's a great verse to go with that. All we like sheep have gone astray, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. There's only one way, my friend, and it's faith in Jesus Christ. When you jump out of an airplane, you better have a parachute. That's the only way you're going to get to the ground. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed. Yeah, he looked oppressed on this day. And he was afflicted. Understatement, understatement. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was dumb. He was, in fact, Pilate marveled that he didn't beg for his life. Don't you know that I can release you, which he did try to do, but he couldn't, or he didn't. He opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb. I don't know. I've never sheared a sheep, and I don't think I would do a very good job. But, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. There was no justice here. There was no he was innocent. Even the judge said he was innocent. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. Tried to get him released. He was taken from prison uh, below the, there's a there's a cell in the, in where Caiaphas was staying in Jerusalem. Because I don't think Caiaphas stayed, well maybe he did, I don't know, in Jerusalem. But he had a, there's a, you can go online and see this place where Jesus was held, if that, you know. Maybe George Washington slept there too. I don't know. And who shall declare his generation? How about us? He was cut off from the land of the living, basically beaten to death and crucified, for his transgression, for the transgression of my people, God's people, he was stricken. Who are God's people? Those that believe in him. Or, you know, for all the whole world, everybody, sin was paid for by him. He was stricken for the sins of the whole world, but it only counts if you believe. Verse Genesis 15, 6 and Romans 4, 12 uses the word count. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And Paul says, uh, and he, Abraham, and, and by him, no, but to him that worketh not, Abraham, 
but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Counted, counted, counted for righteousness. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, understatement, and he put him to grief, another understatement, then, I mean, sweat drops of blood in the garden. Didn't he? I think so. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, when thou, Lord, shall make, this is Isaiah speaking, I guess, when thou, Lord, shall make his Christ's offering for sin, shall he, shall his seed, I think those that believe in him, born again into his family, children of God by faith in Christ, he shall prolong his days. How about if we represent him on earth? You know? He, we live for him because he died for us. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Because he'll take pleasure in us doing his work. Trying to share Christ with other people. But you got to join a team before and you join it by faith. God, I believe, helped out my unbelief. Verse 11. He shall see the travail of his soul. God shall see the travail of Christ's soul. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And shall be satisfied by his knowledge... He shall be satisfied. There's where we have peace with God because of what Christ went through for us, paid for our sins, and, and God was satisfied. He gets to decide how and when he's satisfied, and he was satisfied with his son's death on the cross. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. That My righteous servant um, would be God. Christ is the servant of God. Uh, he is also God, and we have a body, soul, and spirit. You figure that one out. Justify many, many that, as many as that believe. You'll be one of them if you can. If you can't, that's on you. He shall bear their iniquities. Doesn't count unless you believe. Verse twelve. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. Now, who are the great? I don't know. Maybe David and Peter and Moses and ones we've never even heard of. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. We probably haven't even heard of the, the greatest of the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. They were mighty men of valor back then today. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. Jesus, talking of Jesus. And he was numbered with the transgressors, one on each side, three crosses. Which one are you going to be on? You can't be on the middle one, because that was Christ. But you can be on the one that believed as opposed to the one that didn't believe. He bare the son of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Well, I'm not a transgressor. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, you are. You need a Savior. Next episode, Season 2, Episode 131, Lord willing. Season 2, Episode 131, The Barren Fig Tree to have withered and and plus I should put dot 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 after that the synoptic gospels give more details of the teachings of Jesus on this Tuesday of Passion Week in the temple and on Mount on the Mount of Olives than any other single day of the synoptic gospels uh, in context here we had another busy day in Galilee if you remember when he in Galilee and he had the Sermon on the Mount where he says ask and you shall receive 
Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. If you don't trust Christ, it's on you, my friend. All you got to do is ask. Save me. There's a good sinner's prayer. God, save me from my sins. Give me eternal life. Any prayer you want that it that would be with a grain of seed of a mustard seed for faith. I will say adios, which means to God. When I dismissed my class in, in Florida Christian School, I got to the point over 31 years where I would say, when the bell rang, I'd say adios, and I would say vaya con Dios, go with God.